You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds. Well, without the computers. Talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! Another edition of the High Ops Podcast. You knocked over your bag. Well, you're playing Fortnite in the middle of the podcast, so what do you want me to do here, Jack? I'm trying to carry the whole team while you're in there playing Fortnite. Jack! Fortnite, man. Fortnite. Oh, it, man. They destroyed the 2018 Phillies. This is where my old manness <laughs> comes into play, Jack. Guess what? I've never even played or seen or know anything about Fortnite. I know that people like it. Well, as I am now an old man, I am going to use my old man. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Over the weekend, Friday. Yeah. Who knew both of my little brothers have the same birthday? Happy birthday to my brother, Peter, my actual blood, blood brother. It was his birthday on March 15th. And also my little brother, Jack Fritz. Yes. How about that? And I did pose a question to James. I said, which is uh, <laughs> which is a worse look for the podcast? Me telling MVC Bay Area that uh, I do a podcast with a guy. Or James not wishing me a happy birthday until like 5 o'clock. Yes, and the correct answer is obviously the <laughs> podcast thing. But I also didn't know it was your birthday, and then when you told me I was effusive in yes. my birthday love for Yes, you, so I'm 25. Uh, I'm such I, an old man these days. Uh, huh? I am reaching my prime. Actually, I haven't even re- reached my prime yet. You're, you're um, back. At, we're going to get into that later. Jack is back. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I'm definitely back, and everything also hurts. But um, <laughs> Both can be true. Yes. I'm only a year younger than Bryce Harper, so we're basically best friends. Speaking of which, is Trent Thornton enemy number one Mm. for all of us now? Trent John Lennon Thornton. I hate you, Trent Thornton. (laughs) Not as bad as some people who went a little overboard. Yeah, it was a little much. Let's chill out, all right? Let's chill out. He's going to be fine. All right, let's start there, and then we'll get to the Fortnite thing. Uh, Where were you when Bryce Harper nearly died? Okay, so here's how I found out. I wasn't watching the game. I was uh, in the middle of you know doing this thing called being a father, which is a thing I have to do now. <laughs> Takes Thanks, up a lot of my bro. time, sadly. Um, now I'm hanging with my daughter, and I go on Twitter, and all I see, the first tweet I see is just Spike Eskin going, yikes. And I know that he's in Clearwater, so my mind is racing. I'm like, what could possibly be happening? Scroll up, figure it out. And for that what, hour or so, 45 minutes, whatever it was in between the actual him getting hit and the news that he was not badly hurt coming out, was the worst hour of my life, Jack. It was so aw- It was just pure. I was, sick to- I was sick to my stomach for an hour just waiting. Because when you watch the video and you hear the pop, it didn't sound like he was going to be totally fine, Jack. No, not at all. And uh, my first thought was, well, Philadelphia's back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that was a fun couple weeks, guys. <laughs> Philadelphia- we really enjoyed it. <laughs> this is what they meant when they talked about Philly sports <laughs> growing up, was moments like this. when. But, but it wasn't, Jack. Yes. Well, listen, uh, uh, God is on our side. Clearly. He's clearly on Philadelphia's side now. If that happened in 2006... 
Uh, we could just say any of the last 10 the, years. Pre, sure. Pre-Super Bowl era, Bryce Harper doesn't play this entire season. Yeah, I know. How about that? Or no, even where, what would happen, he'd be out for like two months, and then he'd come back and just not be able to get it together and just be atrocious yeah. for the last four that was, months. That was, I, was, for, I, I, didn't, I wasn't too worried about him being hurt. Like I thought he was going to be fine within like a month, but I was more worried that he's going to just never be able to hit this year. Right, and, and it, it's tough when that happens. The early, I mean, it happened to Harper before, where it just the whole first half of the season was essentially lost because of an injury he wasn't able to recover from. Yeah, so I was already, I was already putting his 2019 season in the grave. Um, and talking myself out of that, like ah, I was, I was, I was preparing. We're my... ready for this. Was... Like as Philly fans, this is what we, we're, we're, we've got that scar tissue that just comes right back up when we need it. I was preparing my defense for Bryce Harper, saying, "Well, he's hurt, so like <laughs> that's that's why he batted two fifty this year." You were gonna say ah, he's only batting two thirty because he got hit on the ankle in spring training. I mean, come on. I was ready for it. I already had my <laughs> my deflective reflex re, uh, reflexes up, Jack. But not only is Bryce Harper, yeah, reflexes. it worked. It worked. Reflexes, it not good. acid reflux. Reflex. Yes. Not, did you say refluxes? Yes. It's bad. Yeah, well. You know. <laughs> so, so, here's my problem, and I've, I've said this to many people many times before. I only use big words in big scenarios because that's what I read when I was reading sports <laughs> conversations, and I don't actually know what any of these words mean. Yeah, that sounds about right, Jeff. Yes. So I try to sound smarter than I am. Leave the big words to me, bud. Yes. All right. Um. So, Harper, uh, not only okay, but look at this, Jack. What happened today? I got two hits in a the minor league game. The man got a hit finally. He asked, for the, he asked for the ball too. I heard that was pretty funny. He's got he's got a sense of humor. Uh, did you see the video of him leading them in Happy Birthday? I did. <laughs> I love this team. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. It feels like a special team already. It feels like they like each other. It feels like they all want to go out and play a game together and have fun. It's really exciting. And granted, you need to win for this feeling to continue, obviously, because losing does not cure all, no. as they say. No, especially in this city. Now that yeah, people really? are actually paying attention no, to them, not in this city. <laughs> now that people are paying attention to them, it's going to matter. But yeah. yeah, it's just like I, I, I already love this team, and I'm just, I'm just more, inf- I'm more for as excited as I'm about Bryce. Like I'm even more infatuated with his growth as like a person here, as a, as like a superstar, as a, as a. Fi- We've talked about this a fair amount, but it really is amazing to see him step into this role that he was ordained for. You know, this is the that he has. Again, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at the age of 16. That is nuts. That is crazy. He has always been predestined to be the face of baseball. And and as we pointed out, Jack, you really harped on it. For the first time ever, he's really embracing that role, and it feels like he's the face of baseball. It does. And he was leading the whole thing yesterday. It was was Hoskins' birthday, Gene Segura's birthday. Today's JT Relamuto's birthday. Let's go. Always forget JT Romeo is on this team. And every time it, I re- it's like the like, most uh, underrated thing that happened this offseason that, that we just don't talk it's enough like about. It's like one of those things, I don't know, I can't really equate this to something that happens in life. It's like you forget about it, and then when you remember it, it's like, oh, it's awesome. Well, it's, like, I, it's, it's like every, it's it's like every like Thursday. Awesome. Oh, yeah. But yeah, um, uh, that go back and listen to our JT Romuto trade, emergency trade podcast, because we were pretty hyped then. But I think it's also part of just the fact that he plays catcher, so his numbers may not look as as great as outfielder X or first baseman Y or whatever, but when you take into account the position he's playing and how well he plays that position, his numbers are amazing. And then add in the fact that he's languished his entire career in the worst possible spot he could be in, I think that not just us, I think most people forget about how great JT Realmuto is and how big a deal he's going to be. Well, he's certainly making his case because this spring he is absolutely he's crushing balls. on f- He's batting 407. With three homers. And they're all bombs. Bombs. Too. Listen, I'm just saying, let, let me just get this out of the way now. Um, 
he's like twice the player Buster Posey was at his peak. <laughs> I'm not oh, even buddy. I'm not even interested in hearing any okay. more Buster Posey conversation. A little aggressive on the take here. What? Little aggressive on the take. Hall of Fame catcher right there. I just I'm not interested in hearing any more Buster Posey conversation. I do. Th- he's one of the least likable players in baseball. That's um, true too. That doesn't mean he wasn't a great player. All right, what? Posey in 2012 batted 336? Eh, whatever, no biggie. Nothing. Yeah, it's okay. MVP and all that stuff. Nah. Okay, so Posey's peak was great. But po- listen, Rel Muto's batting, he's, uh, Posey's pretty good. <laughs> he Posey's pulled up good. the stats, huh? Posey's pretty good. But I'm going to say, all right, how about this? How about this? You're not a, you've always been a, a Buster Posey hater. How about this? He's going to put up a peak Posey season. I mean, I'll take it. A peakish Posey season. I mean, you're saying he's about 330? You heard it here first? Better with 300. Look, I think that Real Muto is the most underrated guy on this team right now in terms of he, and also like we talked about, but defensively and game calling and all that, he is going to be, it might be the biggest, uh, well, I guess Reese Hoskins isn't playing left field anymore, but it might be the biggest upgrade on the team going from Alfaro to Real Muto in terms of everything oh, yeah. Real Muto does in terms of defensively for this team. Well, I don't know, man. They're, they're replacing a, a 226 hitter with a 276 OBP at shortstop with Gene Segura. No, defensively. I'm talking strictly. Oh, okay. de- talking strictly. Sorry, talking strictly defensively. Look, I get. Um, that's why I said the Hoskins and left field thing. There's no bigger upgrade than Andrew McCutcheon. Just any over, human being about being exactly, out there. Exactly. You field. or me out there in left field would play it better. But McCutcheon, obviously, that is a massive upgrade. But I, I think that we underrate. You talked about it last pod, the idea of the, because he's got a strong arm and because and he can frame or whatever, people look at Alfaro as this guy who's a much better defensive player than he actually was, and Real Muto actually is that guy. Now, I will say that Alfaro is a phenomenal receiver. Like, we're, yeah, we're talking about stealing strikes for people. And here's one thing that I think has been undersold a tad bit when we're talking about the defense. The defense is not going to be great this year, again. Like, it's going to be, basically, they're going from a one of the worst defenses of all time to a competent major league defense. As we discussed. Which is fair, which is fair. And the one thing I I don't think we brought up enough or has been talked about enough or uh, whatever is that that is going to help the pitchers so much because when you have a bad outfield or you have a bad infield, it's like I I have to strike every single person Mm -hmm. out. And I think no one's really talked enough about how much it's going to help this pitching staff. Not only is it helpful to have an actual – well, Alfaro is an actual catcher, but Real Muto is like a different level of catcher from a game-calling standpoint, actually can block balls in the dirt, Uh, not as strong of an arm or as great a pitch framer, but just an overall product better catcher. And then you have an actual – calling a game part can't be underrated. I mean, that is the most important thing a catcher does. Right, and then you have a guy in left field, not named Reese Oxens now, in Andrew McCutcheon, who is actually a very, very – good defensive left fielder that's gonna help a lot when it comes to fly balls like I think last year I think last year for a lot of the season I feel like the Phillies pitchers um they felt like they had to get every single guy out because if a ball went in play there wasn't maybe not a great chance it was gonna it was gonna get out so um that's gonna be that's gonna help us pitching staff even more and while if you've listened to this podcast in the last couple weeks you'd think that we have soured on the pitching staff it's really just the only kind of weak I think the bullpen's more of a weakness than people think but it's the only really hole on this team that is so loaded so that's the one thing you're obviously going to pick on when you're picking on um a, a part of a team that's as good as this phillies team that is a world series contender right and and i just think this year they're going to help they're going to 
they're going to be helped so much by an actual competent major league defense. I think it's a great point, and it goes back to what I was talking about a couple weeks ago, or I guess it was last week. The two two pods a week is throwing me off, Jack. But yeah, it's a lot of my corner. The the athletes is people. They're human beings, and if you're a pitcher out there and you know that your guys behind you are going to have your back at least to a much greater level than you did last season inherently you're going to pitch a little calmer. You're going to be a little more comfortable out there. You're going to be more willing to trust your stuff. Like you said, you're going to be less willing to try and force something because you think you need to strike out. It's a massive thing across the board. It allows guys to be more uh, aggressive. Coming up, we are going to get into our Monday mailbag. We're going to get a bunch of questions today as we had some awesome, awesome questions in. But uh, we got to talk about it at least for a minute. What? Fortnite, Jack. Oh, right. All right, right, right. so what do you make of this story? Carlos Santana comes out, says he smashed the TV. That was confirmed. We've had misreports on both sides. Arietta saying they weren't playing during the game. Santana said they were playing during the game. Whatever. Kapler acknowledged and even came out and said something to the effect of we weren't as focused as we could have been type of thing as a way to deflect it. What is your take on this whole situation? Well, it's a little better than drinking beer in the locker room like the <laughs> Red Sox eating fried were. chicken? Yeah, yeah, a little bit better than that. Um, I still uh, can't believe how they smeared Terry Francona on the way out. Yeah. Called him a pillhead. The guy won you two World Series. Anyway. Um, I will say that there's prob- this is probably one of the reasons why J.P. Crawford is in Seattle now. Mm-hmm. There's a zero doubt in my mind that he was a part Involved. of this. Yeah. Um, I, just, I, I really do think... It, it it is a bad thing from a team standpoint to have got if it if it was happening during the games we're not sure what's happening during the games I mean Arietta said it wasn't Hoskins what else said is Arietta what else are the guys it's hard we don't know and we're not going to infer but I wouldn't expect the guys on the team to say anything else I right. mean they're they're standing up for their teammates whatever they should I have no problem with it it probably was happening during the game. And if it is, then that's a that's a major problem. It's a game problem, and and it's a it's a it's a power problem. It's a it's like you have your 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 teammates out there competing, and you not being out there in the dugout at least trying to help them in any way, and being back playing a video game while that while the biggest collapse in baseball history is happening on the field. It is a horrible look, and I think I think Gabe has done a, a really good job this spring. Because the one thing I was worried about, I was worried going from a player's manager to kind of a bit of a hard ass mm-hmm. is a hard transition because players are so used to this kind of way. Absolutely. Um, so I was worried. It's wor- usually an easier transition the other way around, as we saw with Boa to Charlie Manuel. Right. And I, I was worried a little bit about that, but I think that you know you bring in an Andrew McCutcheon. I think he helps you a lot. Harper obviously helps you a lot. Just a year, Real an, Mudo. Real, Real Mudo, another year of Hoskins. Arietta not having to jump in at the end of spring training, actually be there the whole offseason, I think helps a lot. So I think the I think the clubhouse culture from a winning standpoint, from a from a veteran standpoint, is in a much better stop or much better spot. And I think Gabe has already done a better job of navigating through uh, the spring training because I think when you when you're a player right and in you're, you're kind of semi fresh out of the game you have this idea in your brain like oh they got this like as a former player I never wanted to be have a hard-ass manager always down my throat and then once you become the manager I think you realize that you have to do this mm-hmm. in order for your clubhouse to be to, to run like a well oiled machine and that was the weird thing that's obviously incomparable but I coached like 13 year old legion and I was just so frustrated by the end because I felt like in the beginning I sat press and I'm like oh I'm the cool coach that played and whatnot and then by the end I felt like I had to be like are you guys kidding me <laughs> <laughs> like, so so obviously it's not the same as, no, a, as a major league no, eh, it's, pretty much, it's the same it's I would same. I would argue that managing 13 year olds is way tougher than managing <laughs> well millennials are just as bad but um, it's that kind of thing, though. It's like it's like 
when you ha- when you 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 come from the player standpoint, you're like, oh well, I didn't like having a hard ass manager, so I just won't be a hard ass. But you realize eventually that, that you, at times you, you have, have to. to be. You have to be to set a precedent in the locker room. And if that was actually happening, it's a bad look. And I think that I think this it got nipped in the butt. I agree 100%. If I had to bet, I would bet it was happening. I, I don't look. There's no reason for Carlos Santana to lie here. You know what is he? He's not even here anymore. He's back in Cleveland. He's fine. Um, look, did not appreciate the Carlos Santana jokes today, though. Well, what did he walk it? What did he walk up to it? I didn't did see he, that. It's a pretty he, good joke. Did he not swing it? Pretty a, good joke. Did he not swing it a three-two count? Not a bad joke right there. But and look, if if it is true, shout out to Carlos Santana for being the lone adult in this situation. It was like, come out and watch your team play baseball. Totally agree with everything you said, and I do think that. I think Gabe learned a lot from last year. He does. He's talked a lot about being someone who is willing to learn from his mistakes. Obviously, we don't know until he actually puts it into action, but I think everything we've heard is good. I think his plan to kind of put some of these guys, the McCutcheons, the Harpers, the Real Mudos, in a leadership position in the clubhouse and demand from players, players demanding from other players, I think is a good thing as well. You don't want to just, you know, put it all on them obviously but I do think that that there is it will be stronger if guys in that locker room are the ones who are who are forcing their play other players to be accountable so I like that but look there's no way you can slice this and say it's not a bad look if it's true the period end of story it's a bad look it shouldn't happen here's the thing though and the Blue Jays a Blue Jays reporter John Lott just came out and said that Carlos Montoya is it Carlos Montoya the manager of the Blue Jays the manager of the Blue Jays Carlos Montoya it's a great name it's a great name Montoya is just a strong name to begin with any sort of baseball name but he actually came out today and said that they have to have restrictions because there was too much Fortnite being played in the Blue Jays locker room last year so is Fortnite ruining baseball I think so here's my thing I hate Fortnite I don't even know what it is I hate it but I do think that this is the type of thing that probably happens across Major League Baseball a lot more than anybody knows about. It's the type of thing that happens, especially for teams that are not contending. I'll bet you this happens. That doesn't mean it's okay. And it's the type of thing where, I agree with you, Gabe needs to be on the lookout for these types of things moving forward now. Willing to give him a pass, but no more. Yeah. No well, more. Listen, they 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 came into they came into camp this year and the I think the first thing Gabe said was like there's going to be a stricter clubhouse rules and I think that's a good thing. I really do. I I, I think it's necessary. Right. And uh, I, look, I, they, I, you mentioned it. they have one of the worst collapses in the history of baseball. Yeah. If you don't look at something like that, whether or not you have an entirely new team of talent out there, which they do. If you don't look at something like that and learn from the mistakes that were made and say, all right, I'm not going to allow this, 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 and this to happen again, then you're not doing your job right. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I'm. It, it's a one-year thing. It was a first-year manager with a bunch with one of the youngest teams in baseball that was in first youngest, place. Youngest, I believe. Yeah, that right? was in first place that was enduring a, a major collapse, and it was a bunch of young guys that got supplanted by older Which is veterans. a really key point. To, you're absolutely right. Like, if you're J.P. Crawford and you're told you're part of the future of this team and then all of a sudden Estrubal Cabrera is playing shortstop instead of you or, you know, whatever is happening like that, like, I get it. Like, I can understand how you would say, all right, screw it. I'm going to play Fortnite during a game. doesn't mean they were right, but I understand where it came from. Right. So uh, I think it's nipped in the bud. I'm not worried about it now. This team looks hungry. Like this, they just look Let's hungry. Get everything Let's they, get it, Jack. Everything they do is hungry. Um, I'm hungry just thinking about them. Uh, You're it, thirsty thinking about it. That's what you are. It, Don't are lie. All right, coming up a little bit. We'll uh, we'll get into your whole backness. Everything hurts. Um, up at all.
What are we gonna? Are we doing? Hold on. Are we doing the mailbag now, or can we get some spring training takes out of the way? We're gonna. Uh, who's who's running the show? Here? I don't know. I, I, I was. I have takes. I want to make sure. I, I get know them out there. you do. I'm I was worried that you. I was worried you were jumping to the mailbag. Mailbag coming up in a bit. Jack takes. Okay. Oh, <laughs> now Jack. this is this is one that. Uh, <laughs> I was worried. I wanted to make sure I was gonna get my takes in. What do I, would I ever not let you get your takes in? I'm just Jack? saying. I was worried. I was worried. Do you think the audience is worried? Do you think no, they're know, sitting there I going know. like, oh, God, we got to hear Jack's I know, takes? I know. Well, probably. That's the way I envision it. But let me just <laughs> say this. That's the way I envision it. Let me just say this. Let me just direct this at one person, and that is Nick Pavetta. Um, I'm so sorry that I said last week that Arietta's going to have a better season you than you. You should be sorry, because I called you out in the moment, and, you know, it's kind of messed up. Did you watch Nick Pavetta? It's kind of messed up. Uh, did you watch him on he my birthday? Nasty. On he was... Day. Disgusting, nasty. He was ninety nine. Yeah, he was touching ninety nine, man. And the, the, like he, he, everything's quicker now. Like there's more momentum, and it feels like he's actually attacking and getting down the mound and really finishing. And that's why I felt last year watching Nick Pavetta was that like sure it was ninety five, ninety six, and it was a good fastball. It's just that well, he was finishing up, like he was finishing up instead of finishing down through his pitches. And I thought it was cutting himself off of how good he could possibly be. And this year everything's a little bit quicker. There's a little bit more. Uh, momentum, and it feels like there's more purpose to everything he's doing. And the one thing that I really took away from it was they talked to Chris Young, and he said he said to Nick basically, like, just give me as many bullets as you got, and just we'll deal with the the bullpen or however long you go into a game. And I think that's a, a different mentality to have, okay? Because it goes from it goes from oh, I'm going to save some of my bullets for later in the game and try and navigate these first couple innings rather than just attacking those innings. And in watching Pavetta this whole spring training, it looks like a guy that is here to attack and be a bulldog and get down the mound. And he just everything is just a little bit crisper on his fastball. And he's up to 99 now. His curveball looked much better than the first time I saw him. It looked like he was starting to develop a feel for it. Um, only through one changeup, it was disgusting. But uh, I would like to see that used more in the spring in spring training because um, this is the time to work on it. Like you, these games don't really matter. But I will say that. Like he's everything is just is just starting to come into place. He's really finishing. And the one thing I think is interesting, and I don't know what's actually happening, but to me on my eye, it looks like it looks like his stride length is longer, which I'm totally well, yeah, here for. Yeah, David Robertson esque. What I want. I've always wanted his stride length to be longer, and I think it's kind of here. Also, Nick Pavetta got picked in front of me in both my fantasy drafts. I draft. saw yeah, I saw you tweeted that. So upset. All right, I, I think I should stop talking about Nick Pavetta. He's actually bad. Don't okay. even talk. Well, actually, it's too late now. Cannot confirm or deny, but. I do know that Nick Favetta listened to the last pod, and that's why he looks so much better on Friday. That's one. Two. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Two. Sorry, Jack. That's on you, bro. Well, I'm not. No, gonna... no, no. That's on you. You, If you believe in the Nick Favetta breakout, you don't get sniped by him because you took him around earlier. That's no. on you. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean. On you. Now, it's not all on me because we have keeper leagues. and so. Was so, he I, available? Instead of taking Jack Flaherty, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to uh, take Nick uh. Favetta. I would take Jack Flaherty first. You have to take Nick Pavetta first. It's your brand, I'm here to win. I I don't have any Phillies in fantasy baseball. Is that bad? I mean, I have Reese Hoskins as a keeper in my keeper league, so. Now that I'm jealous of. Yeah. That I I am jealous of. I'm really excited about Reese Hoskins this year. I swear to God, they all got picked, like, a little bit too early. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? I was, you got to reach, Jack. I know, I know, but I don't. I never like reaching for my own guys. I don't like reaching for anybody. I'm a, I'm a, I reach for my guys. I generally agree with you in a, a macro sense that when I play fantasy sports, I'm playing to win. And I don't care who is on my team to help me win. That's all I want. So I get that. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of an outrage that you didn't pick me up. I'm just saying. I know, but I'm just saying. I didn't know. Just that, saying. I didn't know that everyone Out listens to the podcast rage. in my league. Uh, Nick, I know you're listening. Obviously, it influenced your last performance. I would just like to wholeheartedly, from the uh, High Hopes Nation, from all of us, except for Jack, apologize to you because it is wrong. And I don't know if I'm ever going to forgive him for it. What's your next take? <laughs> so. Listen. Is it your CSAR take? I am back in on. I'm not, I was never out, but he's going to be amazing this year. I'm, I'm all in on that. Uh-huh. What was my other take? You had a CSAR um, take, I believe. A who? Cesar Hernandez. Oh, Cesar. Yeah. So I think Cesar Hernandez. I like to go Cesar now. I've been doing that. Well, I thought you were saying Steve Ciszek, and I was very Cesar. confused. I was like, what? Cesar. 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 So there are a few things with that. Real Muto, Real Muto. I thought it was Real Muto. Might be Real Muto. That's a tough Real one. Real Muto. Real Muto. I know. I like Real Muto. I do too. It sounds better, but I think it might be Real Muto. We got to get clarification on that. If any of the High Ups listeners know, tell us because <laughs> I've actually been fighting with John Ritchie about it. He said it's Muto, and I've gone and done some research. It's a tough one. The Marlins announcer says Muto, but then if you listen to like his introductory press conference, Clentac calls him Muto. Kapler call all these guys call him Muto. It's a real tough one. Next time I listen to Fransky, I will make sure because Fransky's always right. Fransky's always right. So get me the answer, and then Cesar, Cesar. I know it's Cesar, but I like Cesar. That doesn't even make any sense. Cesar. 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 No. No, it is Cesar. Um, Cesar. I think. I just, Cesar Hernandez. I just think Cesar has been. pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I, th- I just think he's been. I think he's been a bit underrated by Phillies fans. And I I once got Kinger to be the ultimate second baseman, um, you know, with, with whenever Cesar's contract's done in the next two years. And I think I think Kinger, I think Kingery's going to be a good second baseman. But that doesn't mean that Cesar Hernandez is a bad player. Like Cesar last year. In a year where he broke his foot, put up the same OVP he always does. There's a little points less, but you get the point. Like when he started last year, he was one of the best players along with Odubel, mm-hmm. Um, and then he broke his foot and everything got derailed. Man, think about that just for a second. Him and Odubel were their best players, and Reese. Uh, now what we got? Go ahead. I know, and he was he was top ten in O swing percentage, which is like I love O swing percentage. It's a, it's a great stat for those who don't know. O swing percentage is essentially how many balls out of the strike zone you swing at. So you want it to be lower is the concept of the stat. Right, and and I just think whether you know who led baseball in O swing percentage last year, Joey Votto. Yes, he did. You know who came in second? Jose Peraza. No. Yeah, Jose Peraza did. Not on Fangraphs. Top ten for sure. Okay, well, do you know who came in second? Who? Caesar. No. Andrew McCutcheon. Ah, there it is. So I like, know Peraza is like a, a, a O-swing percentage guy. You wouldn't realize how high he is. Anyway, this is where we nerd out and people are like, what the hell are these guys talking about? Well, Jose Peraza, I think, is garbage. So I don't really... Eh. <laughs> I don't really... I'm not a fan of Jose nice Peraza. fantasy asset. Man, I'll steal um, some bases. No one steals bases anymore. But it just, it just got me to thinking even more about just how, just how dangerous this team... Hey, Andrew McCutcheon was two last year. What do, you think, what do you think about Cesar Hernandez's O swing percentage? You went under out. He sucks. I, I, I want him out. Johnny Marks I, I want, coming I in say, hot I on want Cesar out. I guess after this year he'll be gone. What's up, guys? Wow, not a fan, huh? Cesar? He's I mean, fine. Uh, yeah, I, gets on base. Uh, You're a big OBP guy. The, the development of Scott Kingery suffering because he's got to get everyday swings, but I, mean, <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess it's a playoff team now, so it makes more All sense. All right, what's, what's the number one thing on your mind, Phillies wise, right now? Um. Yeah, Fortnite. What's Fortnite and and well, J- Jake Arrieta's like, oh, well, that didn't happen. It's like, uh, what else maybe, is he gonna say, right? Maybe once or twice. Meanwhile, in a story that was written last year, in the story it says Vince Velasquez, Jake Arrieta, 
Nick Pavetta and Nick and Nick Williams were always playing Fortnite in the Fortnite room. In the Fortnite room. There's a Fortnite room. Right. So these idiots took advantage of what could have been a good team bonding play the game and yeah, yeah. They were I gotta go back on the air. Yeah, they were We know. We're used to these short little drop ins here. Very short. Um I do agree with him on the like the thing that it sucks about Cesar being a good player is that not already that late. Yeah, but, <laughs> I gave Jack the eyes. I was uh, like, "Can you believe we're already twenty-seven minutes?" But the, the, the thing that does suck about Cesar being a good good player is that it, I think it is hurting Scott Kingery a little bit. And I think Kingery Kingery's played a lot of second base now this spring training because Cesar's been a little bit banged up, and he looks much better at the plate. Like he's starting to remember last year when he's hitting those like home runs and whatever doubles all the time. He's kind of just dropping the bat head and going, and he was just kind of like gutting it out. Yeah, almost. he was just yeah. it was just dropping the bat head, swinging. And they were and, barely making it over the fence. So, yeah, that's fine. Okay, but I know, but I just think that he's starting to get back to that point. Whereas last year, I felt he got a little—he was just all out of whack. I think last he year. was in his head a lot. The whole taking pitches—we talked about this a fair amount. But Scott Kingery's a go up, see a good pitch, hit it kind of hitter. Then you need to let him do that. Yes. Uh, by the way, Cesar was six last year in in O swing percentage. Okay. And, and where was Peraza? Peraza, dude, I don't know if he's even on here. He was definitely on there. <laughs> he's not even on the first page. He's not even the well, first. fan graphs. I think it might have been reference. Okay, well, I'm a fan graphsman. I like both. It depends on what I'm looking for. Yeah, no, he's not even on the first page. Sorry. But who, who else is on the first page is Reese Hoskins at 15th. So the Phillies have the number two, number six, and number 15, and number 35 in, off, in, in, in O swing percentage. Well, are you going to look up this Peraza thing? Yeah, of course <laughs> I am. You're so mad about this. Yeah, keep talking. We got other spring training takes? Spring training takes? Um, what was my last one? Oh. Um, I think Jared Eikhoff looked really healthy yesterday, and I think he is starting to get back to um, the Jared Eikhoff of 16, where it's a lot of soft contact. You're in on Eikhoff now, huh? A little bit. A little bit more than I was, because uh, early in spring training, he was kind of all over the place. I thought his last start on Sunday, yesterday, he was pounding the strike zone. He's being aggressive. And the one thing I do love about him, and the one thing that does frustrate me with Velasquez, is that is that Eikhoff is a uh, is a Bulldog competitor on the mound, and there's a lot of competitive pitching. And the, the one thing I get frustrated with Velasquez is that he kind of nibbles and is all around the zone and, and whatnot. So I, I really do think they should give consideration to Eikhoff in the five spot and let him and Velasquez go at it. And who, who's ever pitching better gets that spot start. I don't think it should be Velasquez as penciled in as your fifth starter because Eikhoff, I think, is starting to get back to his, his 16 level of goodness. Um, he doesn't have the same kind of depth on his curveball that he had in the past, but he has developed that slider a little bit more. Um, so I think that is a I think that is a good thing. And um, my final spring training thing. Oh wait, oh my one other spring training thing with now watching Bryce is the guy. The guy does not swing at pitches like outside the zone, and when he does, it's only because he he gets a little bit fooled. But like the guy just reads the pitches out of the pitcher's hands so well. Like it's if it's ball inside, it's it, he can read the spin on it. So like when I was looking at ozone or o swing percentage, I thought he'd be higher up than he was. Like he was thirty fifth in o swing percentage, and like Hoskins and McCutcheon and Cesar all being higher than him, I thought it was really interesting and a good thing for the future of this Phillies team because they're just gonna grind pitchers to a halt because he doesn't get fooled, and that's what it separates good players from like okay players. Is the ability to 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 not swing at bad pitches out of the zone, 
And Harper, you can just tell that the second he steps in the box, it's like, oh, that's what separates him from a lot of guys. And it's help, it helps you when watching a guy like Michael Franco and understand what is so frustrating about Michael Franco and like Nick Williams and that kind of guy. All right, I can't look it up. I, it's hard for me to know my phone. You have a computer. You don't have to you. derail the whole podcast. Well, that's why I stopped. That's up, why I stopped looking, looking it up. up Jose Peraza. All right, mailbag. Let's get to it. All right. We're somehow 31 minutes into this podcast. I said, hey, Jack, let's try and keep it like 40 minutes today. That's never happening. Never going to happen ever again. So, no. um, All right. From Sean Brennan. Brennan. You're not going to uh, read like every question, right? I'll try not to. <laughs> what are better, the Kelly Green jerseys for the Eagles or St. Patrick's jerseys right, for the Phillies? so Phillies? this is a flawed question because, uh, look, it's obviously Kelly Green for the Eagles, but the real question is, what is better, Kelly Green or the Powder Blues? And the answer is the Powder Blues. Yes, I agree. The Powder Blues are better. The Powder Blues are the best. Number one. From Ben Hoffman, which undervalued Philly do you think is most likely likely to break out this season? Well, you just talked about Cesar. That's an interesting one. Undervalued. So are we talking breakout? Breakout defines something that that I look. I don't think there. I don't know if there's a Philly on the roster. I mean, Pavetta is the probably the correct answer, but people have talked a lot about his breakout. If you want to limit breakout and make it a who's going to have a better season than people are valuing at right now. I think Scott Kingery could be a really good answer for that in the sense that we don't know how many at-bats he'll get, but I agree with you that I think that Kingery has made some adjustments his second year in the league. I think we're going to get a much better Scott Kingery when he does play this year. And my guy will be Adam Morgan, (laughs) the most reliable lefty reliever. He's got to make the team first, Uh, Jack. He'll make the team. Okay. He didn't pitch bad yesterday. He faced a lot of righties. Okay. He, had he tro- probably will make the team. He had but- Troy Tillowitz, he struck out, and then he called it a ball, and next pitch was a bomb. So That sounds um, familiar. I feel like I've seen that from Adam Morgan before. Listen, the fact that, he, that Jason Hayward was the, was the first time he's come up to 95-plus since his rookie year is uh, is crazy. So It's awesome. <laughs> it's great. Um, Thanks, Jack. From Johnny Chatter, given Ike's injury history and Vinny's track record, who do you trust more as a number 5 at Go this moment? Go back and listen to our last podcast. You want Ike off? I thought you were a Drew Anderson guy, no? I'm a Drew Anderson guy? <laughs> Look, if it's not Eikhoff or Velasquez, there's not a great answer. I think Drew Anderson makes a lot of sense. Um, oh, he's asking who you trust more between... Oh, I thought he was saying if it's not one of those no, two no, guys... No. Who do you trust more between those two, Eikhoff or Vinny? Oh, God. Neither. Uh, I guess Velasquez, but not by much. Yeah. And it's only because of health, Frank. I need to see Eikhoff really be healthy and pitch again. And look, it's one of those things where... Who do I trust more to go out and give you six innings, four runs more consistently? It's probably Eikhoff. Who do I trust? A healthy, good to go, Jared Eikhoff. Who do I trust more to actually give you a stretch of five starts where he could actually be a valuable member of the team, Velasquez? I, mean, ne- I think that's a fair way to look at it. Neither is the correct answer, Jack. Um, <laughs> From Butman Brooks. Big Butman fan. From the last two hours of losing, 94 to 06 or 12 to 18, if you were to compile a lineup for each, who do you think would win? Oh, man. <laughs> I know. What a horrible question. I mean, it's a great question, but it's like horrible to think about the sadness and depression. But until 06, I mean, you could still put in that, Howard. Well, that's why. And you got Rollins, you got Burl, like Lions like, there. It's definitely the first. You've Scott Rollins at third base. It's definitely the first crew. It's definitely the first crew. It's definitely the first crew. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about like Tommy Joseph playing first base for the second. Although, although who starts for that team? I guess it's Schilling, right? Yeah, yeah it's of course it's chilling. Yeah, it's it's ninety four. It's absolutely. I mean, uh, it's not even close. People understand how bad the twelve to eighteen run was. No, I don't think so. It was really bad. <laughs> Michael that, Saunders got released here, yesterday. Here, here, it, but I know, right? <laughs> Michael Saunders was a starter for this team. Um, Actually, one of their biggest. Here's the pickups. fun thing, though: if you want to go back and go like 
80, whatever, 84, 85, whatever, whenever, 84, 85 to 92, that might be worse. That was well, because who was not an, an old Steve, Schmidt? You get Steve, you get, well, Schmidt was done. You get Bad Dalton. You get Bad Dalton. You get, I mean, you got like the Steve Jeltses of the world, Ricky Jordans, those type of guys. It was rough. Though. I truly am glad I never saw you those sh- teams. You should be, my friend. I truly, you should be. truly, truly am glad. So, um, um, let's see here. How worried, uh, from Stephen Appleman, how worried are you about the overall team defense? They're still ranked near the last in the league, even with the, all the additions. It concerns me certain, with certain pitchers like Arietta who are contact pitchers. I think we talked about this a lot. Um, they're going to be much better. They're going to be a major league defense, but I wouldn't be expecting like a, <laughs> like a, like a stalwart defensive team out there. We're hoping that they're not the worst defensive team in baseball, and we're not, uh, we're not bullish that they won't be. But again, it's all comparative, and we've talked a lot about that. I think it's all about the idea that they're still going to be, uh, in general, a bad defensive ball club, but they're going to be able to be to make the routine plays. They're going to be so much better than the the unbelievably bad product they put out on the field last year. From Dino Spumoni, which 2019 Philly is most likely to swing at a clubhouse TV this season? Yeah, that's a great question. I would not have picked Carlos Santana no, last year. No, I don't think anybody would have. Um, this is a great question. Huh. Who is most likely to take out a TV? I mean, Arietta would have been someone you would have thought of. I got my sleeper. Ooh. Tommy Hunter. Sure. I could see Tommy Hunter doing it. I could see Tommy Hunter doing it. I feel like Nick Pavetta, he's got some fire in him. If he has a bad start. Yeah, Pavetta go in. Just If he has a bad start. Well, that's what happened. <laughs> what a silly thought, Jack. Um, Nick Williams. Nah. Bryce no. Harper, it's another home run. He goes in there. Why am I still on this team? Crash, maybe. Well, could you see Bryce Harper doing it? He's got some fire, too. I could see it. I could see Bryce doing it for the reason Santana did it. If people are playing Fortnite, I'd be like, no, no, no. That won't happen this year. I know. I feel very confident in that. I'm going to go. I like the uh, the Tommy Hunter answer as a sleeper, but I- I'm going to say it's uh, – I'm going to go Nick Pavetta. Gappler? <laughs> Could it be Gappler? No. No? Okay. <laughs> um, um, from Kyle Dr- Jackson. His name is Kyle Drogo. I don't think he's actually a Kyle Drogo. I don't you never know. I, don't, I think it's I think it's actually Kyle Jackson. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got duped there for a second. So you didn't think it was a, a character from Game of Thrones? No, I didn't. You didn't know, it was but a I did. Game of Thrones, I, did I I feel like I'm living in Game of Thrones right now because I rewatched season seven. I'm Ooh, back look in. At you. I'm back in. I can't oh, wait. That's I good. can't wait. I used to I used to hate Game of Thrones, but I'm all. In. I know you. I, I, this is surprising. This is what I do: is that I hate until I like. Okay. okay. I always. So you're in on Game of Thrones now. I love Game of Thrones. Oh, great! Well, I thought you hated it. You talk so much smack about it. Yeah, I know. That's what I do. Okay. That's what I do. Good to know. <laughs> Noah's case this weird. season. Is this weird? Yes. It's so weird. I I, I swear <laughs> to God, I can't get past it. Like I use everything I used to hate, I end up absolutely loving. Like I hated it's beer. It's really weird. Yeah. It's really weird. I know. I like it. I don't. What can I say? That's how, nothing. That's how my, There's nothing. That's how you my mind say. operates. <laughs> Noah's K's this season over under two thirty. Last year he struck out two hundred twenty four in two hundred twelve innings. It's a good number. I'll go under just because I I don't think you can ever count on any pitcher throwing two hundred innings in a season with all the little things that happen. So I'll say under, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if he goes over. Yeah, it's uh, 224 felt like a lot. Felt like a lot. 
felt like a lot. <laughs> and it felt like 212 he, innings is a lot these days. And That's like, a lot of innings. I feel like he pitched a lot of innings, but I guess 212 is like not that crazy, but it is. It, it is in baseball now. Like That's just the way the sport is now. If you reach 200 innings, you know, you're, you're, you're a horse. You, you're a horse. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he goes over 230, but... I mean, it's but just, it's in play. It is in play, which is you know great to see. It's awesome. Um, Remember when guys used to strike out three hundred batters? What a crazy thing! Right. Anyway, from Russ, uh, what is the future of Kingery in Philadelphia? Like I just said, I think look, look, they made Scott Kingery almost a, a historic type of contract that they gave him, buying out those years for someone who had never stepped foot on a major league field. This organization believes in Scott Kingery. One down year as a rookie at 24 in Major League Baseball is not going to dissuade them from that. Scott Kingery still has a bright future in this city. I still believe in Kingery, and as we've talked about, we're expecting a little bit more from him this year. Um, it's just right now there isn't a clear spot for him to play, and that that's going to hurt his progress, obviously. But I still believe I, – look, I don't know if Scott Kingery will ever be an all-star, but I think he's going to be a quality – player for the Phillies with upside. Is that uh, fair? No, yeah, I think it's fair. Uh, eventually, he's going to be this team's second baseman. You don't give him that contract if he's not going to be your second baseman. Agreed. Cesar is going to be entering into his th- into his 30s. He only has two years left, I think. Um, eventually, he's going to be the, the full-time second baseman. They didn't listen. They could have drafted Nick Madrigal last year if they didn't believe in Scott Kingery. Correct. They could have they drafted Kesson Hiora the year before if they didn't believe in Scott Kingery. Do I wish they drafted Kesson Hiora and Nick Madrigal? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably, but that doesn't mean I don't believe in Scott Kingery. I think he's going to be fine. Um, I for the I, I can't believe how much more comfortable. Like, I guess it's a thing. I guess it's a thing where if you play your position, you're more comfortable to play. I think that's kind of BS. But um, he does look more. Com- I, I can't. I honestly, I can't believe that. I can't believe the whole Hoskins thing. Like, oh, he's going to be so much better at first. Like, I don't believe it either. He probably, probably is. And look, if it. Again, back to the these guys are human beings and anything can kind of affect them in a way that we might not understand, but I don't think it's a major difference. I don't think like you're a 230 hitter and then all of a sudden you go back to your natural position, you're about 300. I don't think it's a major difference, but on a on a small level, maybe it impacts them. I mean, more so the the... Not that you're not playing your natural position, but the, that you're thinking more about defense. You're thinking more about what you have to and do. And with Kingery sure short, right I things. believe that. Yeah, and you're thinking about all the things you have to do. i got to make sure I cover this spot. I do this. I do the, all the things you're not as used to. So theoretically, sure, maybe it takes up a little brain space that you would normally be using to diagnose a pitcher, what he does, all that type of stuff. So it's possible. Yeah, I guess. you know, this. I, is- I wouldn't put a lot of stock in it, but I, I don't think it's impossible that it had no impact. I mean, I guess this would be kind of the thing where I – this is, you know, me, but I couldn't come out of the bullpen because I was so used to starting. Head case. So maybe, Head case. maybe it's one of those things. And Head people, case. Some people wouldn't get that. Why could you not do that? And I would explain to them that it's just a whole different mentality. So it's what back. can you do? It's back. What do you, uh, actually, this is a, an interesting question for you, well, both of you. Between Mickey Moniak, Hazley, and Bohm, who was the first that actually makes it up? Man, maybe Hazley. I think Hazley probably makes the most sense, but I feel like Bohm could be precocious. If if Bohm gets on a run, I you know he's that type of potential elite prospect that could get called up quicker potentially. But I, like I think Hazley's the that, smart call. More of that elite last year. Elite. He's an elite hitter. Um, yeah, man, I'm a little bit worried about their their elite prospects right now. Just saying. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's kind I, of I don't Johnny think, prospects I, over there. I don't. I don't think any of them is an all star. 
Yeah, I don't think any of them's a lock all-star. Yeah, like, you're going to say that Haisley, guy's going to make five all-star teams or something like that. I think Hazley at this point, you're hoping for an everyday player that has a little Agree. Bit of pop. But, Agree. I mean, he's I, – I, I was hoping for more. I don't know. Moniac, actually, I think – even though it's going to take more time to develop. So is a high ceiling. Good. I think Moniak so is a high ceiling. I agree with you. I think that he's never going to be Christian Yelich, but he could be Christian Yelich light someday, theoretically. That'd be nice. That's what I mean. Like, I think his ceiling is so that I'm not expecting him to get there, but it's still in play if he bulks up a little more and all that. Any more Twitter? You got Twitter questions? I got Twitter questions. Uh, I think it'll be Hazley, but I think Bum pushes that case this year. I, agree. I think Bum's going to have a monster year. Um, from Joe Berardi, what big arm would you like to see the Phillies target at the deadline if starting pitching is an issue that needs to be addressed? Now, obviously, we know the big game, big names: Bumgarner, Robbie Ray. I'm thinking I have one other name, but I'm going to save it. You guys got any other names? Felix Hernandez is uh, the corpse of Felix Hernandez. You going to trade for him? No, but see, here's the problem: the 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 fact that you didn't you decided you didn't trade you didn't need Cole Hamels last year, and then the staff ran out of gas. You could have had him this year on a one year, twenty million dollar team option. It'd be nice to have Hamels there as the lefty. So yeah, Hamels would have been nice. It's a good thought. would have been nice, but the corpse of Felix Hernandez is dead. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, I think Felix might be done. He's one of the guys that could be available. Uh, all right, I have I have one name for you that I thought. I mean, to... Mike Miner should be a name that we throw in. They were interested in him in the cute, offseason. Cute name. Type of guy they could be going after. Bumgarner's the the big name. The big name. I have one for you. Who? What do you think about John Lester if the Cubs fall out of it? Yeah, the absolute, Cubs. The Cubs sure. are projected to win seventy nine games by Pakota, which, which I think is it's ridiculous. The Cubs are going to be they in fall, it. But if they fall, the NL Central's loaded. If they the fall Cubs out of it, the Cubs are going to be in it. If they're not, of course, you this guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, John Lester's an all-time playoff great. Like, why wouldn't I want that but guy? But he's fallen off recently. Yeah, he's fallen off him. recently. I'll take him. All right. All right. I'm just saying. I'm I think it could marks. be one. I think it could be interesting. I didn't want to bring up the boring names, Bumgarner and Robbie Ray. Lester's owed $15 million this year, twenty five next year? The Cubs have a bad GM that can't. Allocate oh, his money correctly. Oh, God. That that would be that would be not, not a sal- not a salary dump, but it would be a, a way for them to free up salary for next year and then try to go after somebody else. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Just thought. Marksy. Marksy. Um, I'm trying to look through and think if there are any other names. There's really not. Like maybe Chris no, Archer becomes I was available. Just literally just about to say potentially if the Pirates fall out of it, Chris Archer. Uh, I think about like two more years left on that deal. He could be available, or a year and a half at the point they would trade him. Um, he could be available. Outside of that, like I Michael mean, Marcus, Fulmer, Marcus Stroman is a name that pops in my head. Yeah, right. I mean, Marcus Stroman's the type of name that could be available at the deadline. The Blue Jays aren't going to contend. Um, signed to a nice contract. I think Stroman an interesting name there too. So, look, I, I, the big ones are Bumgarner and and Robbie, especially Bumgarner. That's the name, especially if you're making a playoff push and you're saying, all right, we need to trade for a starter to help us win in the playoffs. There's no one better than Mass. You know what's been so interesting about this trade deadline is like that waiver deadline not being there. It's, it's huge. It's, it's so cr- aggressive now. It's going to create so many moves. It's, so it, many... There's going to be more moves. They're, they're going to go for higher prices. There's going to be more demand. It's going to be really exciting. It worried me. I, I, I'm already preemptively worried about the Bumgarner trade. See, here's the thing. I'm excited about it because the Phillies have the best GM in baseball. So, you know, he'll handle it. Yeah, no, but I... King. Yeah, King Clinton. What up, King? But I, I was already getting nervous about having to pay a lot for Bumgarner because there's no waiver deadline. Yeah, and they, buddy. They can't just it wait, won't be so cheap. It's not going to be cheap to be bring cheap. in Mad Bum. If he's healthy and pitching. If he's healthy, I'm sure. Um, from Chaz, will Cousins make the team? 
Do you see him ever being more than a quad A Adam Dunn? No. Now everyone's freaking he out about. He might make the team, but no, he is he is quad A Adam Dunn. That and is who he is. Everyone's freaking out about Dylan Cousins, like what he's done this spring training. And let me just tell you this: spring training. He's this is the this is where you can separate the spring training from from the this actually matters because if if he is ever playing a lot. People are going to develop a game plan for him, and they're going to get him out whenever they it's, want. It's a great reference by Chaz because Dylan Cousins is the quintessential quad A player. He is a guy who is going to rake in AAA whenever they send him down there. He's going to murder minor league pitching, and then when he gets up to the majors, that that massive jump that it takes from pitching in the majors to pitching in the minors, he can't hit him. They will have plans for him. They will throw him the stuff, the breaking stuff that he can't hit, and he's not going to succeed. It, it, we see so many guys like this. Yep, agreed. Um, from Salo Folina, more likely Harper home run, Harper forty home runs or Hoskins forty home runs. I saw this. This is a great question. Okay, I don't know where to go here. Like that's how torn I am on this. I I think it's probably more likely Harper because of the the short porch and all that stuff. But let's put it this way: I think Harper has more homers, but I think Hoskins has more RBI. Yeah, I, I would say that's. And I wouldn't be shocked if Hoskins hit forty homers either, dude. I think we've underrated, not underrated. I think we haven't talked enough about how good Hoskins. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I very. I mean, he had thir- what thirty four homers. Thirty four home runs and, and ninety six RBI. And it was like quiet. It was like a quiet thirty four homers. He's got more in him. Yeah, he he he's gonna have a big year. He had thirty four home runs, ninety six RBI, and like that's driving in like. And he missed like three weeks because of the broken jaw too. Yeah, he's he's just come up and rake. And now he has Harper, and he has Real Muta behind him. He has actual guys. He's just going to be a monster. I'm so excited. He's going to be a monster. Um, From Pavetta Hype, stat line for Julio Tehran on opening day. So the Braves announced Julio Tehran today. Three and a third, six earned, three strikeouts, nothing else. Bryce Harper owns Julio Tehran. Eight career home runs against Julio Tehran. And Harper has five career opening day home runs in seven drives. So... Yeah. So we're saying Bryce Harper's homing on opening day. He's going to homer on opening day, uh, and I say he goes four innings, six runs, fills by five. Um, from Scott Price, what is more likely, 75 wins or 95 wins? 95 wins. I like it. I, I, I legit think that's more likely. I'm not saying that. Uh, I I Look, either is possible. It's baseball. We've seen so many times where a team is expected to do one thing and does the other. I would be absolutely floored if this is not a better than 500 baseball team. Yeah, so would I. So would I. All right, last two. Um, from Johnny Heller, I asked a similar question a month ago, but now that we've seen more some spring training action, which pitcher currently on the 40-man roster are you most comfortable with in the five spot of the rotation if VV underperforms? Uh, okay, so I might have seen this question yeah, yeah. before when I was scrolling through, and that was the one I was thinking the other one is. Right. Well, I mean, you so could Drew t- Anderson's a name that you popped. You know, popped in your head, and you mentioned last week. That's yeah. a possibility. I think, well, well, especially given his spring training. I think we could also, I mean, they've got guys in the minors who we've seen come up and make spot starts before the Ranger Suarez is, the Eniel De Los Santos is. And just move Eniel, start moving Eniel to the bullpen now. Like, let him just be Jose Contreras in the bullpen. I, look, I'm fine with that, but I do think you could see them mix and match with guys if neither Vinny or Eikhoff is, is working. <laughs> I could see Drew Anderson getting a shot. I don't think there's any defined guy who is the clear five if they have issues with both those guys. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking if anyone stayed up. Like, Drew Anderson stayed up the longest in spring training, so it would most likely be him. Um, if not him, I'd like to see JoJo get a shot. That's what I would like, um, too. 
and Cole Irving can start morphing into Jay Happ right in front of our eyes <laughs> if he wanted to start that train um, now. But um, yeah, that, that I think I think Anderson makes the most sense because he was up the longest and he pitched really well in spring training. So if either of those guys falter. Don't worry. Jonathan Pettibone, Drew Anderson is here. <laughs> um, from, oh Jer- from Jersey, Josh. Oh, geez. All right. Are we done yet? <laughs> That's true. Has the Phillies hype officially died down? The Eagles did stuff, so it seems like it's back to business as usual in the world of Philly sports. Just wait for opening day, baby. And let me just say this. Sure, the Phillies day-to-day talk has definitely died down a little bit, um, which is which is going to happen. I mean, we were enthralled with we this. We talked about Bryce Harper every day for two weeks and nothing else. Right, so. right, right. So it was always going to calm down, but I'll say this. This past weekend, they got 10,000, 10,000, 11,000 people. Like, the fans are back. Like, that's a spring training. People are going out of their way to go down to spring training to watch this Phillies team. It, people are excited. It's not going to die down anytime soon. No. And once the season starts. And, and wait till the summer, winning, too. It's going to be awesome. All right. Um, real quick, we got final thoughts, Jack. Uh, really quickly, you're back. Yes, I'm back. So yesterday, I, I, didn't, I pitched a little bit. Like, I threw like a minor bullpen to see if I still had it. Still had it. Oh, uh, buddy. He's of course got I, it. Of course I had it. He's got Listen, it. Listen, I still I don't miss spots. Like I just I, I don't, don't miss. miss spots. I might not walk a guy this year. I might I'm being honest. Okay. I I don't I don't I don't think I'm gonna walk a guy this year. It's a control master. But it's Greg Maddox over here. But everything hurts. Everything <laughs> sounds, in sounds about right. My bo- I forgot how much legs are involved with baseball. Oh, I didn't. They are. Yeah. Uh my back's on fire. It's I good. can't even You're twenty five years old. Lift my shoulder. Oh my God! Wait a decade. Just I literally wait a decade. Literally everything hurts now. All right. I I I am so washed. But when I when I need to break it out, I will break it out. Well, I'm very excited for the updates. Although I threw five year. pitches and my arm felt. I go. And I, you're I, like, I'm I, done. I, I thought I thought something was gonna pop. All right. <laughs> um, not surprising. I'm excited to hear how you progress as we go here. Um, all right, Jack. Final thoughts. As we are now 52 minutes into this podcast. Final how? final how, final thoughts. How? I got my final thought is a is a trivia question for you. Ooh, good. Who has more World Series home runs than Ted Williams and more World Series wins than Nolan Ryan? More World Series home One runs player. than Ted Williams and more World Series wins than Nolan Ryan. I'm guessing that that it's zero for both. Is that right? So everybody Who's playing? No, it's one player. <laughs> one player has Oh, has both. I got you. I got you. Um Hmm. Babe Ruth? No. Well, I'm sure he does. No. Who is it? Joe Blanton. Oh! Good work. More World Series wins. I had a feeling it was just one for each, right? No one Ryan, yeah, that makes sense. And more World Series home runs than Choker Ted Williams. That's very good. All right. My <laughs> final thought, and of course, rate and review the podcast. It makes Jack very happy. In fact, the only thing that he wanted for his birthday to people rate and review the podcast. If you didn't yes. see it on Twitter, do it for Jack's birthday. Make him happy. Um, Everyone cares about Okay, Jack, my final thought. A quick impromptu edition of Is This Weird? Yes. The game that's sweeping the nation. Uh, we went to the Flyers game on Thursday night with a bunch of midday show listeners. Had a blast. Shout out to everybody who went. And on the Jumbotron, they do the happy birthday thing, right? You know, happy birthday, mm-hmm. Bob Smith. He's 50 years old, blah, blah, blah. They had someone on there who was one year old. Is it weird to put your one-year-old's birthday name on the Jumbotron at a Flyers game when, A, they're never going to remember it, B, they're probably not even there because they're one year old, and C, who cares? It's your one-year-old's birthday and you're putting it on the Jumbotron. Is it weird, Jack? 
It's very 2019. Though. It is. They did that for the gram. I find it so weird. They yeah. did. You're right. They did it so they could take a picture and you're oops, Jack. You millennials. You I know just my get people. Each other. You get each other. All right. I know my people. No, it's not weird. It's just that's 2019 for I you. I find it weird. You find it weird? I think you. I think you're more annoyed by it. To be honest, I with am. You. It's a little. Uh, look, as someone who is going to have a one year old in about nine months. Are you gonna put it on the jumbotron? No, no, it, no. So, at what age do you put it on the jumbotron? Whenever they're old enough to go and see their name and be like, "Oh wow, cool, that's my name on the jumbotron." That's it. Okay. All right. That's fair. Right and review. We'll Rate review April second. Yes. Still my pin tweet. We will be there. Twenty dollars tickets. Still Fighting twenty dollars tickets. So yeah, uh, still some tickets left. So get in on that. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later this week.